going? My name's Stan. I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm so excited to be with you today. Second week of talking about our mission, vision, values. And if you want to follow along, look at that, but it's probably not going to help you because I don't go by the script. So there we go. So, hey, a few weeks ago, I talked to you about my favorite animal. Anybody remember who that or what that animal is? Rhinoceros. Yeah, there we go. We got the rhinoceros. And I told you rhinoceroses can run at 50 kilometers an hour. That's pretty fast for a big old animal like that. And they weigh three tons. I found out this last week that dragonflies can fly at 60 kilometers per hour. That's faster than a rhinoceros can run, right? right? They only weigh one gram. Now, would you rather be hit by a rhinoceros going 50 kilometers an hour, or a dragonfly going 60 kilometers an hour? Dragonfly, dragonfly. You don't want to get hit by the rhinoceros because of this. Because momentum equals mass times velocity, right? So the bigger it is, just because it's not running at 60 kilometers an hour, it's going to make a bigger impact than the dragonfly. By the way, getting hit by a dragonfly at 60 kilometers an hour would not be fun either, okay? Just, just saying, so, so don't go out and give that a try. Last week, we talked a bit about momentum, and we relived a bit, the la revisited the last five years of WBC in terms of the life cycle of a church, where it goes from launch to different kinds of growth and health and maintenance, and then, and then life support where it's dying. That's the natural life cycles of a church. And we discovered that we had moved from being in maintenance mode to a healthy place. And we did that through establishing a new mission, set of mission, vision, and values. And one of the places we went back to to establish that was the early church. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, we see some of the things the church was involved in. It says they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and prayer. They also devoted themselves to worshiping, and they shared generously, and they had great joy, and they, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So we decided we were going to say this like this. We are striving to be a loving community, seeking, serving, and sharing Jesus. And I challenged everyone last week that we need to recommit ourselves afresh and anew to this mission, why we are here through identification and investment. And we talked about the fact that identification is a moment that leads to investment that creates momentum. Identification was a moment like coming to Christ like identifying with a local church. And then that leads to investing in that, and that creates momentum. Now, if you missed last week's message, you can get that online for the next 150 years. It'll still be out there, depending on what, will online even be here 150 years from now? I don't know. So you better check it out in the next couple of weeks if you missed last week's message. All of our stuff is out there in all those kinds of places. But we are experiencing some momentum growth right now in our church. And we're excited about that. We see new people coming to faith. We see new people coming and seeking Jesus and trying to understand what faith is all about. And we see people growing, taking some steps and 
now, because of all that, we need to be extremely intentional about how we help people grow in their faith. So I want to let you look behind the curtain. Those of you online, I want to show you behind the curtain, but I need you to keep this a secret, okay? I'm showing you behind the curtain today how we want to go about helping people grow in their faith, all right? So you're ready. By the way, you don't have to keep it a secret. Click, share all you want. Tell all your friends and go visit it. But I want to let you in a bit on our strategy. And then we're going to drill down on the emphasis for 2023. So you ready? Here we go. First of all, in our strategy, as we're striving to be a loving community, seeking, serving, sharing Jesus, we want to see hope multiplied in our community around the world. We start with exposure. We start with exposure. We actually added that into our strategy this last year because we were starting with experiences, but then we realized, hey, hang on a minute. We're starting when people are in the room or when people have already clicked online to watch our services. We need to let people know that we are here, make them aware that we're here. Colossians chapter four and verse five says, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. So that's what we're doing in this exposure uh, stage of our strategy is we're making the most of every opportunity. Some of those opportunities look like events that we run, like uh, the Wonder event and making big deals about families and having family nights and things like that. But it also, our exposure, we are so blessed. We don't have to do much because we're sitting right here on this corner in one of the fastest growing places in Australia. Okay, so we are so massively blessed with that as far as exposure is concerned. But then we also uh, put ourselves out there through social media and podcasts, YouTube, all that. But you know what our greatest asset is as far as exposure? It's you. And it's you 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 and you and you and you and you and you you get you get the idea. It's you telling other people. That's how we get exposed. Now. Moving on in our strategy, we go from exposure to experience, and we work really hard on the experience side of things. When people drive onto our campus from the time that they come off the street till the time they get in the seat and beyond, we want the experience to be one that is amazing for them. Not because it's a big show, but we want to remove obstacles. We want church to not feel weird and strange to people. We want people to come here and end up being able to connect in and making church accessible. That's the idea there, where it's not something that's high and lofty. God is high and lofty, and we're never going to stop talking about him and Jesus being high and lofty. But we want church to be accessible to people who are unchurched, who don't know what church is all about. That's why we spend time on the front end of our service, letting people know what's about to happen. Because if you haven't been to church, you don't know, and it might be weird, right? So we work hard on that experience. You know, here in this stage, people are seeking information. They want to know what we're on about. And it's great to hear people say things like, hey, that wasn't what I expected in a good way when they came to church. And just uh, recently, we had one that, that I just loved. They said, we went and watched online, and you weren't odd. <laughs> yeah! How good is that? Although I feel pretty odd most of the time, but they didn't pick that up. So they came and they visited. So we move from the experiences to engaging. And that's where people move from the information to actually 
becoming a bit more involved. So they move from experiencing WBC to connecting in. They're finding connection. They're finding care. They're finding a place of community. Four marks of a fully engaged person. And I want you to use this as a filter. And even this might be a quick assessment for you. This isn't the message. We're just setting up the message, by the way. So I still got lots of time. Anyway. So a fully engaged person in our estimation, the way we measure things, because you need to measure things to see if you're doing a good job or not, is are people connected to groups, life groups or serving groups? Are people connected volunteering? Are they serving in a ministry? Are they giving? Yes, giving is a sign of a fully engaged person, giving financially and inviting. Are you so excited about the place that you're inviting other people to share in your experiences in that. That's what we see as a fully engaged person. Hey, and you're gonna have an opportunity in your life groups this week to actually work, work through that. And you can actually give us feedback. Do you think there's other things that should be there? But we believe those are the four essential keys to someone that's fully engaged. So then healthy things grow. So that's the next part of our strategy. We go to equipping. And that's moving people to maturity. That's personal growth through discipleship, through taking steps and making decisions in life that are healthy and leading towards spiritual maturity. People are understanding the need to develop in their lives some habits that will help them become healthier people and draw them closer to Christ. These people are moving from involved to integrated. And then in our strategy, we want to empower people the work of the ministry in the hands of ordinary people, moving from we do for you to I do for myself. People are taking ownership for their own development and their own spiritual growth, and they're starting to take ownership of ministries. They're empowered for that. And then finally, we expand. That's mobilized for ministry, and that looks like missionaries being sent out. We do a lot of that around here. It could be short-term mission trips. It could be the people uh, that are willing to go and serve someone else. Like we just launched uh, a couple of weeks ago, we said goodbye to Abby. Now she's working somewhere else, taking what she's learned here and using it somewhere else. It can look like campuses. It's in our long-term vision to have other campuses because we don't want uh, to to have to build a 5,000-seat auditorium, right? Because we don't have the money for that, right, John? No way, no way. And that wouldn't be practical. Then we're asking people to come from all around. We'd rather go plant campuses where people are already. You know, that's part of the vision. That's part of the expansion that we see in our strategy. Now, that is our, where we sit right now. That's our full-on strategy. But as that was developed, we focused last year, coming back after a pandemic, on engagement. We thought people have disengaged. Lots of new people in the room last week. I asked who's been here come in the last five years. Half the people in the room raised their hands. We needed to help people engage, to get them that connection, to make sure they're being cared for and having that sense of community. Poet, now to explain our focus for this year. I need your help. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you to do something because I can't explain this well without your help. Are you ready? Audience participation. Who's ready? Yep. All right. I need everybody. Full participation, okay? It's not hard. Here we go. Okay. Work with me. Breathe in. Okay, that's nice. Do it again. Breathe in. 
Okay. Hang on, hang on. Don't get ahead of me. All right, breathe in one more time. Okay. Good job. Fantastic. Very, very well done. You know, most of you did something very natural after you inhaled, right? Most of you, I didn't need to tell to exhale. A couple of you, <laughs> we'll need the medics here in just a minute, Trey. It's a natural response. You breathe in, you breathe out, right? You know, our spiritual journey, our faith journey is like that as well. We're taking in, that's seeking Jesus, and then we're giving back out, that's serving Jesus. And those work together hand in hand, just like breathing. Can I say it's unhealthy just to be breathing in all the time and not breathing out. You can't do it for very long, as was almost demonstrated here. If we're seeking Jesus and we're getting input, learning, 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 oh, it's amazing, and I love the worship, and it's great, and I got the full aerobic workout. I did all that. I saw it, Jesus. But then we're not expressing that back outwardly. That's not healthy. That's unnatural even. So, as we seek and serve Jesus together, we need to understand something that, generally speaking, and I think it's fairly true for our church as well, about 20% of the people do about 80% of the ministry as far as volunteerism. That's a standard ratio. We may be a little bit higher than that, but that's a norm in a church where you got 20% of people doing 80% of the work. Now, I would suggest that that's a consumer mentality for the 80% that aren't doing anything. And we need to move from a consumer to being a contributor. So you can ask yourself the question, am I a consumer? I've been enjoying the experience. And you know what? That's okay. If you're new to faith, you're new on the journey, enjoy the experience for a while. But at some point, it's time to say, oh, okay, I'm consuming this. This is great. I love it. But oh, how can I contribute to that? You know, it actually works uh, the other way for those that are, are the 20%. Sometimes they're exhaling all the time. And they're never breathing in. What would happen if you did that physically? In a K? Right. Doesn't work, right? right? Don't try it, please. Don't try it. You can't just keep exhaling all the time without inhaling. There's nothing for you to exhale if you're not inhaling. You see, this is why people pour out and pour out and pour out and end up exhausted. I talk to people regularly where you see them pouring out for years and years and years and even decades. And they come to you exhausted and saying, I can't go anymore. I can't go anymore because I've been exhaling too much. And I want to suggest to you that there's a two-pronged approach to solving that problem, to helping those people. By the way, if you're that person that's coming to the church new and you've been exhaling somewhere else for years and years and decades and you need some time to inhale and to rest and to heal, this is the place for you, okay? We, we love helping people heal from hurt in ministry and, and to find new hope again and to, to actually be energized once again eventually. But the solution is two-pronged. We need more people exhaling, not just inhaling, the 80-20 rule, okay? And we need more opportunity for inhaling. 
All right? So, yes, you can go home and tell your friends, our pastor said that we should be inhaling. So, right, anyway. So that's what we're going to focus on this year is inhaling. We're going to focus on equipping. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11. I've got some of the, the highlighted sections here, but I'm going to read the whole passage to you. Ephesians 4, 11 says this. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so cleverly, so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So friends, these verses talk about a growing body, a church that is growing and is becoming healthy. And that happens through equipping, which that's our focus for this year. We're still going to be doing the engagement and the exposure and the experience and all those things. We're going to do all this stuff all the time, but we're going to put effort, extra effort and attention to the equipping section this year. So that is what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes. When we talk about equipping, it plays out in three different ways. First of all, we want to equip people to maturity. This is people equipped for growth in faith and life. When I talk about life, the very first thing that comes to mind is life beyond this life. We want to equip people so that they can take the next step in their faith. They can take the step of crossing the line of faith so that they can be prepared or equipped for eternity with God in heaven. That's a massive step. And when we talk about multiplying hope, you need to understand this, that if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world, the Apostle Paul teaches us. So friends, when we multiply hope in our community, we multiply hope around the world, we give to things like the, the Turkey of Syria, earthquake relief. Those are all massively important things. But if we give people hope in this life only, it says that we're, of all people, most to be pitied. Hope goes beyond this life. Hope is in eternity. So for those that haven't crossed the line of faith, we want to equip towards that. We also want to equip those who are across the line of faith to become more like Christ. And we grow a couple different ways. We grow by learning. So we're going to be offering more and more courses for that that teach you how to study the Bible, that study the Bible with you and draw you into a more deep and intimate relationship with Christ. And the reason we're going to be doing that is because I firmly believe this. What we believe affects how we behave. If you believe something, then you're going to act on that. 
You believed when you walked in the room and found a seat, even though that might have been a little bit challenging for some of you, that that seat was going to hold you. So you sat down. You didn't even hesitate because you have a belief about that chair, right? Are you here? Yes, yes, okay. So as we learn more about who God is and who Jesus is and we grow in our relationship with him, we're going to believe more deeply. We're going to understand more deeply. And you know what? That's going to, that's going to affect our behavior because we're going to trust him more and lean into him more as we grow. We'll also be doing lots more practical courses on things like finances. We've got a cap course that runs all the time, pretty much. John Timmerman takes care of that. We're going to be doing courses on parenting and marriage and things like that. Next week, we're starting a new series, and it's all about equipping. It's the six habits of the Christian faith, to grow your faith. Six habits to grow your faith. We'll be talking about Bible reading, church attendance. We'll be talking about prayer and serving. We'll be talking uh, about giving, and we'll be talking about inviting and sharing our faith, all of those things, because those are core foundational elements of your faith. So we're going to be spending time with that. But we also grow not just by learning, but also by doing life with others. So we're going to keep pouring into our life groups. We're going to keep expanding our life groups and resourcing our life groups. We also want to offer for anyone that wants it, and everyone needs it, by the way, mentoring relationships where you're doing life with somebody that's a little further along the journey than you are that can help you in those things. And we'll talk to you about how you can connect to those a little bit later. The result of all that will be families that have Christ at the center, healthy parents having healthy children, friendships that are healthy and bringing Christ into focus, workplaces where they're healthy because you're the light of the world in a dark place. Retirement villages where Jesus is lifted up. And it's not just all about taking strolls, but it's about taking strolls maybe with a purpose to have a spiritual conversation. It's all about maturity. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 says, then we will no longer be immature like children. That's part of the vision for this year. But people not only equipped for maturity, but equipped for ministry. People equipped for serving. This is the work of the ministry in the hands of the people, that the pastors aren't doing everything. The pastors can't do everything, especially in a church our size. We need to put the ministry in the hands of the people, and we equip towards that. That's why we do safe churches. Was anybody at the last safe churches thing we did? Woo, was that so much fun? No, it wasn't fun. We were trying to make it as much fun as we could, but it's vitally important because it's equipping you to be able to minister in a safe and healthy way around children and vulnerable people. We also are going to be providing resources and opportunities for you to grow in your service. You know, my own personal growth in my relationship with Jesus has come at different stages of my life where I'm serving, where I'm serving, I step my serving up in an area because I can't help other people grow if I'm not growing myself. So we're going to have opportunities for you to do that. And then the, the mentors already talked about people doing ministry alongside you, with you. Opportunities for you to use the way God has made you. We even have courses that are going to help you discover that. And then finally, we see people equipped and empowered for leading. That's making disciples people equipped for taking over ministry, volunteer-led ministries, volunteer-initiated ministries, new ministry initiatives being brought by you. Ephesians 4.12 says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work. 
build up the church, the body of Christ. That's the leadership team. That's our responsibility is to equip you to do the work, but not just us, other mature believers and gifted believers. So what? You might be anybody saying so what at this point? It's okay, because you know what? I just threw a lot at you. That's kind of looking behind the scenes. So then you see how we've been strategizing, how we've been planning. But so what? What do we see this year? I see people maturing. We have a, a wonderful church and lots of momentum and lots of people that are new to faith. We've got lots of people that have been uh, believers for 50, 60, 70, 80 years even. But we never stop growing. We need people maturing in faith, equipped to grow. I see people ministering, people equipped for serving. Again, 80% of, or 20% of people doing 80% of the work makes that 20% tired. And it's unhealthy for you if you're not involved because you're just breathing in all the time without exhaling. And then finally, we see people making disciples. They're equipped and empowered to lead. And I sum it up like this. Okay, this is what I really, really fundamentally believe that we're going to see this year. We're going to see growing people growing the church. Okay, growing people growing the church. Now, some of you are sitting there thinking right now, I know you because I'm like you. You think, why do I care about growing the church? Right? Anybody willing to admit you just thought that? Yeah, okay. Thanks for the one, right? There's 400 others that think that as well. Hey, you know, that's a good question. Because obviously I care about growing the church. It's kind of a bit of why I'm here. But it's not about growing the church. I said growing people, growing the church. Growing the church is a byproduct. It's the result of growing people. See, it's about your personal growth. It's about you growing in your faith and seeing your life continually transformed to be more and more like Jesus. And that goes for everyone sitting here. Our lives are always continually being transformed because we have not arrived yet. We are striving to be, if you remember. We're trying hard, but we're not there yet. So we're always being transformed. We're always growing. And see, as you grow, you know what's going to happen in your life? You're going to have more peace. You're going to have more joy. You're going to have more confidence. You're going to have more trust in God when you go through difficult things in life. See, I notice I didn't say as you grow, you're not going to have difficult things in life. I said you're going to have more peace and joy and confidence as you go through difficult things in life. You have hope as you grow. And then, as you're growing individually, you're a part of a collective community. And as that community comes together and the individuals are growing, then we are part of that community that's making our lives better, making us better at life. We have support in our times of need. We're healthier and stronger. You know what we just did? We created mass. Remember that from the beginning? Remember? Momentum is mass times velocity. You know, the speed at which things go, the world is going at a breakneck speed all the time. But as we increase mass, we increase momentum. That's why the dragonfly is not going to hurt you as much as the rhino. And as we come together as a body, one individual can make an impact. It can make a, a, a splat on a windscreen going 60 kilometers an hour. But all of us collectively together create a mass 
that's going to change the world. It started with 12 guys, and one of them was following the devil instead of Jesus. And they are why we're here today, because they created momentum, and it just kept going and going and going. That's what we do here. And see, as we're doing that, that's going to multiply hope. More people are going to find hope because we're sharing our hope with them. And more people are going to respond to the good news of the gospel, equipping them for eternity with God rather than an eternity separated from God. As all that happens, you're going to be more and more fulfilled. Your faith is going to grow. And we call that multiplying hope. One thing you need to know about this as growing people grow the church is we're multiplying hope. Momentum is messy. It means it's not always going to be nice and tidy exactly the way that you would want it. And definitely not nice and tidy the way I want it. I like things nice and tidy and structured and organized. Momentum is messy. Because you have to respond to what's going as things keep moving along. And we need to understand that. And we need to embrace the mess. So what do we need from you? If we're going to see the vision of growing people, growing the church. Need to ask you, what is your next step? Are you willing to be committed to move towards maturity? Maybe that's getting a mentor. Talk to Pastor Deanna about that. She can help hook you up with that. Using the resources that we've already got out there provided for you. Taking a course in the coming weeks or months as those are being rolled out. Maybe it's a commitment to ministry. You're saying, hey, yeah, I I just found out that 80% of what goes on is being done by 20% of the people. Hey, I need to step up. I need to be one of those that's doing some some exhaling as well. I've been inhaling uh, enough. We've got existing ministries that need your help. Pastor Deanna talked about the kids' ministry and having to scramble today. We need more kids' workers. We need more youth workers. We need more people on the welcome team because there's so many of you trying to help you find seats and navigate our, our, our buildings and all those things. We need more people in the cafe team. We need all of that. But, you know, we want to do some new initiatives, too. We're not satisfied with just doing this every week, going through the, the motions that we're doing. We want to start some new things. We are kicked off coach last year, but this year it's really launching. Coaches where somebody gives an hour a week to spend with somebody to coach them in life skills. We're going to start an empowered faith community, which is a meal that we'll have once a month to start with. And we'll have people in the community coming into that meal that wouldn't necessarily come here on a Sunday. John Takema is overseeing those things. If you have a heart for the community, for people outside these walls, talk to John. He'd love to get you plugged in there. By the end of the year, if you look around right now, you would probably understand that by the end of the year, we are very likely going to have two morning services. Woohoo! Is that exciting? Yeah, the volunteers are not excited about that. <laughs> the kids men workers are not excited about that. They, they are in one sense. But you know what that means? We need twice as many volunteers on a Sunday or else they're going to be exhausted because they're doing a lot of exhaling. We need more people stepping up to fill those. We're going to have the two Sunday mornings and by the end of the year, we're going to have equip nights happening on Sunday nights where we're doing some of these courses I've been talking about so that it's equipping you and empowering you for ministry. To make these happen, we need more people serving, more people owning ministry. And if more people are serving, you know what else we need? We need more people making disciples, more people leading those ministries. More people serving needs, more people leading. Some of you have tremendous abilities and gifts. You use them in your workplace and you get paid handsomely for it because you're a leader in that space. You know what? God's given you gifts and abilities. Those translate very well here. 
In fact, I would give you a challenge. You come tell me, or you come tell Pastor Deanne or Pastor Justin or Pastor Andy Kay or John, what, what you do at work, we can find a place that that works here. Yeah, yeah, give me that challenge. I'll take it on. I might have to get back to you if it's weird. Maybe you're a dog catcher. I don't know what I'd do with that, but, uh, but we need people who are willing to bring those gifts and abilities. And then finally, we need people to make a commitment to being growing people, growing the church. I want to ask you this morning, as we wrap up here, are you willing to take some of those steps? And I'm going to ask you to stand up at different times here, okay? If you're willing, if, you, if you're one of those people that says, you know, I, I, I've been journeying along, but I, I, I know I need to mature in my faith. I know I need to be growing in that area. I'm going to pray for everybody here in just a few minutes, a couple minutes. But I want to invite you. If you say, hey, I would commit to moving towards maturity this year. I know I need to. I need to grow in that area. I'm going to ask you to stand up to your feet right now. Just stand up. You want to grow. You want to say, hey, I'm doing okay, but I know there's room for me to grow. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Next, stay stay up, stay up, stay up. I'm going to pray for you in just a minute. If you'd say, hey, I've been a consumer and I've been enjoying the experience here. This is an amazing place. Thanks for letting me be a part of it. But I need to start contributing. I need to commit myself to ministry. Would you stand up? And if you're already standing to grow in maturity, raise your hand to grow in ministry too. You can do both. It's awesome. If you want to grow in ministry, just stand up. Stand up and say, hey, I'm going to be willing to serve. Maybe I haven't been serving or maybe I'm serving a little, but I want to up my game there. You can stand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, we need some people to help lead the growth. And if you know that that's a gift that God's given you and you say, hey, I can lead in some areas. I'm, I, I haven't put myself forward. I haven't said, hey, I could be a council member or I could lead a ministry team. You say, hey, it's time. It's time for me to step up to making disciples. Stand up if that's you. Stand up if that's you. You say, hey, I'm ready to take the next step in that space. And I want you to pray for me. Anybody else want to stand? Maturity, ministry, making disciples. I'm going to pray for everybody that's standing right now. And then I'm going to give you another opportunity as well. When I'm done with that prayer. Okay, thanks for standing. Father, thank you so much for all of those that have stood who are saying, I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my walk with Jesus. I want to become more like Jesus. I pray for those people right now that you would help them move beyond today of standing up and to take the necessary steps to help them find somebody to journey with them as a mentor, help them to learn how to study the Bible, read the Bible, and to grow in their faith. Lord, I just pray for them right now. And for those that says, hey, I need to step up into ministry, Lord, thank you so much. And I pray that you would empower them, that you would help us to equip them so that they can do that. And Father, for those that have said, hey, I I actually can lead some stuff around here. I haven't done enough of that yet, but my gifts, my abilities are there. Lord, I pray for them that you would Help us to be able to journey with them, to be able to hand over and release ministry into their hands. Father, thank you so much for all the people that are standing. Thanks for those that uh, wanted to stand, but they're they're just kind of shy. Lord, I know there's more people that want to grow. Lord, all of us should want to grow in our faith. 
and grow in ministry and grow in making disciples. Father, thank you for what you're going to do this year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.